Oh, it's good to be a blessing to people, isn't it? It's good to be able to help and, and uh, just uh, give something to others uh, doing the work of God. Deuteronomy chapter number 10, have uh, t- two in the beginning, devotional thought tonight for us. I'll do the, uh, the scripture reading in the beginning and then uh, give you a thought uh, from that. It's interesting, isn't it, when people visit our church, they're often more enthused about our church than we are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it's too strong to say it's an indictment on us, but it, it's true that we get, we get used to things and think very little of it. You know, um, often I find when people visit here, uh, our church, and even the country, they say a lot of things that I really haven't even thought about, and it blesses them. And uh, there are a lot of people actually who are uh, quite blessed from uh, the ministry here. And, you know, that would be people in Australia, but, but certainly abroad as well in lots of places. And uh, we don't always think about that, but, but we should, I suppose, appreciate what God has given us and be grateful for that, do our best, uh, but also want to continue to be a blessing to others uh, in other places. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 10. That feels a little loud to me, so I can adjust it. Watch this. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 10. We're going to read verse number 14 and 15, and then we're going to go to Psalm 24, right? So, you know, just read it like maybe you'd read it when you woke up in the morning and you were feeling fresh, and you were just going to meditate on that and say, oh, that's a blessing. Are you ready? Verse number 14. Behold... Um, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God. The earth also with all that therein is. Isn't that sweeping? Verse 15, only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. So uh, verse 14 is kind of, uh, we'll tie in with our devotional thought, the, the heaven and the heaven of heaven. So he's, just, he's differentiating bet- between, you know, the immediate heaven is in the, the sky that we see, uh, but also the heaven of heavens, that's the throne of God. That's that as well. And he's saying it's all God's. It's all, it's all the Lord's. And then not only that, the earth, uh, that's his too. And everything that's in it, that's his too. And that's, that's the thought there. And, you know, with uh, Psalm 24, with the word of God, uh, you know, grand, wondrous things are just stated in a handful of words. And really that verse alone, you could just read it and think about that. And it has very broad implications, some of which I'll give you. Uh, Psalm 24, verse number one, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. All right? And then lastly, uh, Psalm 115. Psalm 115, and then wherever you choose to stay open, that's okay. It won't matter. Psalm 115, I mean any of those three texts. Psalm 115, verse number 15. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given 
to the children of men. And the given in that sense would have to do with the fact that we were taken from the earth. Remember, we were made from, from the earth. And uh, the earth is given to us for us to live out our lives before the Lord and uh, decisions and such and all, to be tested and, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that. All right, now, I, uh, <clears throat> I read the, two, the uh, <laughs> three readings because I have been meditating a little bit on <clears throat> the attributes of God, which means just the things that, that God is. And uh, there are many, God has many attributes. If you, the, by the way, the study of God is, is, is really a wonderful thing. It's kind of like studying someone you love and want to know better. And the study of God just unfolds his magnificence before you. It's like you just keep seeing things that, that just further endear you to God uh, and, uh, and his wonder. Uh, so in studying his attributes to understand that, theologians sometimes start by breaking that up into two, two categories. And uh, this is just the way that they approach, because there's so many attributes, the way they attack it. So they say there are what they call the incommunicable attributes of God and the communicable ones, which means, and I choked on it, what it means is this, there are the attributes of God that God has himself, that, that are not, they're not ours. And then there are other attributes that God has himself, but he, he gives those to us. So the love of God would be one of his attributes, but we also have love. So that's communicable. We, we can share that. We have that with God. Justice, God be us too. So that would be one of his attributes. We didn't invent that. That's just that it wasn't something, an idea we came up with. It's an attribute of God that has been imparted to us. And so we can participate in that attribute of his justice, uh, understanding, uh, wisdom. We can have wisdom. The Bible says you can gain wisdom. But uh, God, of course, has all wisdom. So even in the communicable attributes of God, the things that we can share with him, we don't always have them in exactly the same way that he has them. Are we okay? So, so and the love of God is one of his attributes. We can, have, we can have love. We know what love is. But we never quite have it how he has it because his love is unfailing. His, his love is entirely consistent. Uh, his love is not feelings-led. His love is different. Now, we both have love and we got that from him, but he has it in a measure that is far greater than what we have it. So, so these are just, just understanding and looking at, well, God is that. Oh, we have that. Oh, God is this. Oh, that's not us. That's, that's only God. So just kind of looking at these attributes, I was thinking about uh, two of them that come out in our reading. The first one I was thinking about uh, is God's omnipresence. All right, so God's omnipresence means this. It means that, that, and this is not us, so this is not one we share. This is something that he is. So omnipresent means that God is everywhere. Right? Now, it, it doesn't mean this, that when we were created, God started being everywhere. Do you understand? You don't understand God, God is, or we, we was, however you can best comprehend it, 
everywhere. So stop, full, full stop. With all, what does that mean? It means this, there was no space that God did not occupy. There never was a zone that God was in, you know, this zone, but he wasn't over here. You, you getting this? All right, because, because the reason we need to think about this is because when we think about the creation, what we think is this. God was here and there was a big empty space and God said, kaboom, you know, and he made something in that big empty space. Okay, but that's, that is not an accurate understanding of God's omnipresence. In fact, there never was an empty space. If there was, God created it first. So, so God's presence was, was everywhere. It, it means this, uh, what God did, and this is the devotional thought, when God decided to make the earth and God decided to make us, what God did, God made a space for us within the area that he already occupied. So God decided, it's all, it's all mine, I'm everywhere. I, 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 I feel it, everything, everywhere. But what I'll do within me, within all the area that I am, which is everywhere, I will create a space where you can be. And so what God did, he chose to give us a place where we could occupy a space that he already was. When I say space, I mean a location, a, a place. All right, that's why it says the earth is the Lord's. When it says the earth is the Lord's, we should say this, it always was. The, the earth is not occupying a zone where God wasn't before. Do you understand? He was always there. He was everywhere. He's omnipresent. There, there, isn't, there isn't anywhere that God isn't. But what we can say is this, there are places that God chooses to, and if we say withdraw his presence, what we mean is kind of, it would be maybe more accurate to say turn his back. Because when we say God has withdrawn his presence, it doesn't mean he can't see there. He doesn't know what's going on there. He's not ruling over what's taking place there. No, no. Even in hell, God is ruling over that. Even in hell, it's all, it's all as God decreed it to be. But it doesn't mean the presence of God is available to those in hell. So, so can you sort of get that God is everywhere, always was. It was all his. He occupied every place. If God removed everything he created, if he just took away everything he created, he'd still fill everything. Do you understand? He, he was there. He was always there. So what he did, God said, it's all my space. I'm, I'm, I'm here. But what I'll do within that, I'll make a place where you can be. And so God created the earth for us to inhabit and uh, somebody said to probate. You know what probate is? We use probate as a legal term about someone's will. So if you look up what is probate, probate is when you, when you, uh, you prove uh, what someone willed. You, 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 you fulfill the requirements of what they willed. That will is then probated. So we were put here on earth because God chose for us to be here. But what he's, the reason we're here is, to, is for probate. It is to see what we are in regard to the will of God. It tests us. 
Everything thereafter will be eternity. Everything before the creation was eternity. So here we are, just placed in time for probate. And, and the will that we are, we are being measured against is not our will. It's the will of God. And so we're here for a short time. And so God made a space and God put us there and, and, and God brought us into to his place. Okay, that's helpful to me to realise this always was the Lord's and still is. Because what can happen is I can get a mental picture that I'm here and he's up here and I will leave here and go to him, but, but I'm here in this little difficult ball and there are people here who, you know, it's hard, but he's up here. But, but actually, even here, it's just, it's all, it was all him. He's here. He was here before we were here, before this was here, before it was ever created. He's here. It's all his. It was owned by him. He occupied it. He was present before anything was ever made. And so I'm put here to, to live out the purpose of God. Now, the attribute of God, he's omnipresent. Okay? And if he's omnipresent, he means he was in every place. Within that, within that place, he made a place for us. So that becomes a devotional thought. So we can say this, it's God-like to make a space for others within your space. It's God-like to bring someone into a place that you already occupy and give them a place within your place. That's God-like. So, so when you marry somebody, what you do, you bring them into the place that you always occupied. And you do that by choice. You, you, when you bring children, when children are born into the world, when they're your children, you're bringing them into your place. Now, isn't it true that we do recognise there's more people in my place? There's more demands on me now. This used to just be all about me and my place. I could do what I wanted and I can't do that anymore because I've brought someone else into my place. We just had the Thai people with us in our home for, you know, whatever it was, three weeks, and it's fine, but they were there. It was noticeable. I mean, they were everywhere. And, that, and we were sharing our space with them. And, uh, and that's God-like to do that. God, God, God already occupied it, but he said, I'm going to make a place for you within, within my place. Is this, I, I, it, it may be too abstract, but you can, it might hit you in two weeks' time. Oh, that's a good thought. I'm not sure. So you make a space within your... That's very godlike. Our church is a zone that we occupy already. Isn't it true that space often... It, it tells a lot about us. We don't like it when someone parks in our space. See, we take ownership over spaces. We don't like it when someone sits in our, our place, our space. We, we don't like it if too many people come into our space. And what we, what we do, it reveals to us, we take ownership over that. And, uh, and uh, it's something in us about wanting to keep that for us. But it's very godlike to, to open that up and say, you come into my space. This, is, this has been my life for 22 years, but you come on in. And now it won't be just, you, you will be with me. 
and you will, you will live in my zone. And I will adjust to that. Before, I didn't have to. And now children, they will come into my zone as well. And I will no longer think about it as just mine, but you are, you are in here with me. So it's very godlike to do that. You see, it's an attribute of God that he brought us into a place that he already occupied before. And so can you see that even he has the church do that? We're to, we're to bring people in. And when we bring them in, we're not to have the attitude, you're in my space. You know, what are you doing in our place? I can get that way. I, I, I'm possessive about the country. You know, what are they doing here? I can get that way. We can get possessive about our spaces, but it's God-like. It's God-like to, to allow others in. God is omnipresent. There was nowhere he never was. Okay, secondly is the eternity of God. So it's another, uh, it's another attribute of God that is his, but it's not ours. The eternity of God or the, or the, you know, the fact that God always was is simply saying this, uh, God never had a birth. God never had a beginning. Now, I don't think there's anything we know that never had a beginning except God. About everything we know had a beginning. And, and we, we, you know, we, we, that we understand things by having a beginning. And I think God understands that we look at it that way. But God never had a beginning. He never had a birth. He never has an end. He's uh, further than that. There's no diminishment with God. And let's say this. God is in every tense all the time. Past, you have one. Present, you're in it. Future, you have one. But God occupies all those places all the time. So he, he doesn't, he does, he's, his eternality means that, that that's only something that, that we use to understand us and other things. But you can't apply it to God. You understand that? He's just, he's eternal. He always was. All right. God is eternal. We're not. We had a birth. We had a beginning. By the way, the devil's not. There was a time he didn't exist. He wasn't. He was made. The demons, which are spirits, and they are many. Uh, there was a time they didn't exist, but, but they do, that, because they're created. Uh, the angels, they're created. But God was never created. You and I were created. The, the world was created. But, but God is outside of all that. So, so God is eternal. That's not an attribute that we have. We had a beginning. However, God imparted a taste of that to us. All right? Now, this is where we are different from an animal. All right? So an animal lives in the present. That's wherever they are, whatever they're doing, that's what they're doing. An animal, more than that, they, can, they, can, they have a past, they can learn from their past. So they can learn someone's kind or not, or they can learn if you do this, this happens to you, or they can learn that food is sourced here or whatever. They can learn from their past. So they can learn from their past. They exist in a present, but here's where it stops. No animal contemplates his future. 
No animal says to himself, I'm getting older now. They don't have that capacity. But what God did, though he was eternal, he just imparted to us that, and it's only us, here's what we do. We have an ability to consider our past. That's gifted to us of God. We already live in a present, but more than that, we can think about our future. And that's something that God imparted to us. Your present, your present without context of your past and your future, your present is out of context. And a lot of people make decisions because they're only in the present. And, and you can get overwhelmed by the present if you take it out of context. But when you put your present in context of your past and with contemplations of your future, you are better in the present. Does that, does that, is it all getting a bit? There's a danger you can lose yourself in the present. And you can, you can lose context about who you are, about what your journey is, about what you're supposed to do. And, you can, and the present can swallow you up and try to take away from you thoughts of the future or, or remembrances of the past. So there's a scripture, Deuteronomy 32, 28, 29. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. They would be wise if they would, if they would think about where they're going to, what's going to happen to them. Now, it's, it's, only, it's only us who can do that, okay? And it's very important to you. That's, that's why God can say to you, uh, I'll tell you who to fear. Don't just fear him who can kill the body and do not more, but feel, uh, fear him who can kill you and put you into hell. Well, nobody's in hell yet of us or, or in heaven yet. There are people in both places, but not us. But we can conceptualise that. We can make decisions right now about things that are in the future. All right? It's only us who does that. And that's, that's what God has done. He's, he's taken one of his attributes and he's not made you eternal, but he's taken you further than an animal. And he said, I give you the ability to, to enter into a little bit of how it is with me. Do you understand that? So for God, the past, the present, the future, it's all, there's a oneness there with him. But he says, I give you the ability to, to, to enter into that. And that's really important. And this sort of came to me because yesterday I drove up to the place where I got saved. And uh, I got saved there when I was at 13. And it's still standing and, you know, it's 40 minutes away up on the mountain, Mount Glorious. And, and I just went up there yesterday because I took Dio up there and Curtis. And I got up there and I looked through the window. There was no one up there. And I could, I could see, oh, yeah, that's where I, that's where I got saved. And, uh, and I thought, hmm. And there was no one there. And I sat down on the bench for a while and just sat there. And it was a, it was a worthy contemplation to remember my past, to consider my future, brought clearer context to my present. And God has, God has gifted us with the ability to do that. 
and that is not something shared by anyone else. It's only imparted to us being made in the image of God. And there are many things like this that I don't think we think about or consider them too much, but, but as you look at the attributes of God, you see that. So, in conclusion, what are we to do? We're created to learn from our past, uh, to remember our past, but we're created to occupy and engage in our present. So that God wants that. God, God would say to you, yes, remember who you were. Yes, Re- remember me when I came in and remember your journey before. But, but you're not there now, you're here. So engage in the present. You can't live in the past while you're in the present, but you can remember the past. So you're supposed to engage in the present, but also be... Uh, give consideration and be thoughtful about your future. Be thoughtful about your future. When I say your future, I don't just mean your superannuation. I mean understanding I'm eternal and I'm, I'm going to go on somewhere. The present should not overshadow the reality of the future. It, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't remove that thought. It, they should be held in harmony. You understand this, I've thought about this. There are no husband-wife relationships in heaven. I don't even think anyone's going to say, that's my dad. I'm only dad here. Now, factually, they'll know that they came from me, but probably they'll see the whole picture. Who came from him, who came from him, who came from him. They'll probably just see it in context of all of that. But nobody's going to say, Dad, Dad, I'm only Dad here. That doesn't make me sad. It makes me more determined to be Dad here, to realise that it comes to an end. And there are many things that God has given us and what God is saying is it's, it's about now and it has value and there are reasons in that. But it will not be who you will be for eternity. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from what you have now. It, in fact, it should maybe grow it. No one's going to love somebody less in heaven. Oh, we really loved each other on earth, but I just don't feel the same way now. <laughs> it won't be that way. You'll have an increased love, but you won't have that same relationship thing. And I'm just saying as we, as we get to those and we understand these things, it helps us to have a better present. It brings... Remembrances of the past and consideration of the future uh, brings context to the present. And I always believe that what the devil or others would have you to do is to get swallowed up in the present and overwhelmed by the present and make decisions based only on the present. And when you do that, of course, it's all out of context. You've got to put it in the whole picture and you should because God says you can you can consider your latter end. Okay, so I hope that wasn't too abstract, but this, it just, it blessed me and, you know, maybe you can take it further. I'll pray and then we'll do prayer requests or whatever. Father, Lord, there's just always an inadequacy in attempting to uh, explain you, Lord. But you are just wonderful, Lord, in every way. Lord, you're not good because you're good tonight. Lord, you were good before there ever was an earth.
Lord, you were, you were good before you ever made anything. You just always have been good. You're just perpetually good. You'll be good forever. And thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that you're just unchanging and, and that you allow us to discover what you already are. And I pray that you'd help us. I pray you'd strengthen the believers here tonight. I pray you'd help us all, Lord, to keep context of our life. I pray, Lord, that we would look back on our past uh, with thankfulness for your mercies and your work uh, and just, just remembrance, Lord, that you, you, you birthed this, you placed this here. Uh, but also, Lord, we would give wise consideration to our future uh, lest we become like those who are unwise who did not consider their latter end. Bless each one. Thank you for these coming out tonight. Thank you, Lord, that they've sought you. And I do pray, Lord, that they'd not go home with not have gotten anything. Please give something, some, something that would be helpful to heart and soul. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.